guys welcome back to another wonderful TOEFL podcast and for those of you who are watching me in the TOEFL group much much thanks to all of you for those of you who want to listen to the podcast also you guys will specially have the podcast at the bottom of this link now for those of you listening to the podcast uh on the podcast but in april that means it has come out three weeks later but nonetheless guys youtube facebook page whatever page you are listening or watching this on guys thank you so much as promised a lot of you clicked on the uh the little poll that i had created on that page there was speaking reading writing and listening so it looked to me that listening is no problem whatsoever however one of the biggest issues and the second biggest issue was reading so here i am today and i'm going to be going over reading with you today so for those of you who are interested again i have not well i'm sorry i have not but i have picked this specific reading off the website by the name of examenglish.com now i know a lot of you are probably like oh well i've already done that test however i think there are some time wasting things that you do that you could definitely get better at. So again, for this specific website, I think there are eight different types of reading tests as well as listening, speaking, vocabulary, you name it. But what I want to do, and of course in this one, as you guys see here, and as I'm going to blow up even more so you can see it bigger, is the fact that TOEFL IBT, uh, a, I wouldn't say it's much more difficult, right? I wouldn't say it's more difficult than the ITP reading, but again, four paragraphs, three paragraphs, four paragraphs, up to five paragraphs, very, very similar. And the questions are also very, very similar. So what we're gonna do here, again, you never read the passage. That's your tip number one. Tip number one, again, is going to the first paragraph, or I'm sorry, question number one, and then going to the last question, which is question number 10. Now. In this specific test, you have a vocabulary question in number 10, the idea presented in the final paragraph, okay? All of the following features of the new Nicaraguan, that's how we say it in Spanish, or Nicaraguan is how you say it in English, sign language, except you guys are following me. So again, you wanna go for the easiest questions first. So, which is really weird about the TOEFL IBT reading is that the first question, or this one on this specific test does not is not a summary. It's not, uh, what's the main idea of the passage? What's the summary of this? What's that? It goes straight into the first paragraph, which is really interesting. And it says, why does the writer include information about Cherokee language? Which is fascinating. Now, again, with the vocabulary questions, you mustn't spend too much time on them. You should spend probably up to 20 to 30 seconds. Okay, because if you have an idiom, such as in number five, it says from scratch, what does that mean? If you do not understand what from scratch is, you will not know the answer to number five. Now, from scratch, okay, have you ever heard the phrase, the, the, the expression, oh, I need to start from scratch? And so from scratch, I mean, just imagine you are drawing or painting something and you just leave a, just a mark right across the sheet of paper, which was white before, before, again, leaving your mark. That means from the very beginning. So again, if I click A, boom, correct. 
Now, that's how quick it should be. If you do not understand the expression or any expressions or idioms or vocabulary, you should spend no more than 20 seconds on those. If somehow you can relate it back to the paragraph and perhaps within the sentence, the same sentence, the sentence before or the sentence after, if you could find some kind of clue, do it. But please do not spend more than 25 seconds on any of these vocabulary uh, questions, all right? So again, going back up to that, I do not have to, again, me being a native speaker, I know the expression from scratch. I know the idiom from scratch. But if you do not know, again, you could go back up to paragraph number two, if you would like to, and it says right here, but in order to answer the question of how complex languages are actually formed, the researcher needs to observe how languages are started. So this could be very easy because start it from scratch. So what's another synonym for start? Begin. So again, like I said, man, I think TOEFL ITP reading or ITP reading is far more difficult than this. But what I'm going to do now is break down some of these questions. So again, we know the location of question number one. It says in paragraph one, why does writer include information, Cherokee language? So what we have to do, go up to paragraph one, and then you're going to look for the first, the first mention of Cherokee language or Cherokee in general. Okay. And I found it right here. It says Cherokee pronoun system. So in the sentence before that, it says all languages, primitive, primitive tribes, such as the Cherokee Indians, uh, have clever grammatical components. Now, because they have clever grammatical components, and if you do want to quickly scan over the creators of grammar, okay. Because the explanation about Cherokee, it says pronoun system, for example, can distinguish you and I several other people, and I and you, another person, and I, okay? And then, of course, in English, the meaning is summed up with we, right? Now, again, Cherokee, you and I, I and you, and I. In English, it's we. That is the basis of this question number one. That is all. That is all. So, in A, it says, to show how simple traditional coaches can have complicated grammar structures. B, to show how English grammar differs from Cherokee grammar. Not necessarily, but let's continue. C, to prove that complex grammar structures were invented by Cherokee Indians. It says nothing about complex grammar structures. And again, this is just personal pronouns, all right? Personal pronouns. It does not say anything about relative pronouns or adjective clauses, nominal clauses, nothing like that. Indeed, to demonstrate how difficult it, it is to learn the Cherokee language. So, of course, there's always a bad answer. If you do not know what the answer is, it's always about process of elimination. So what I would have done is I would have taken out, of course, both D and C. Then I have a 50-50% chance. Now, going back to the answer, how simple traditional cultures can have complicated grammar structures or show how English grammar differs from Cherokee grammar. Now again, all languages, even so, those primitive tribes, have clever grammatical components. 
Cherokee pronoun system, like I've already said, you have the you and I, I and you and I, okay? In English, you just have we. So it's a little complicated. And there it is. A would be your answer to show how simple traditional cultures, traditional meaning primitive, right? Can have complicated grammar structures. Those grammar structures, obviously you and I, I and you and I, or you or whatever it may be. Do you guys follow what I'm saying? A lot of you are probably asking yourselves, why not B? Well, B it says to show how English grammar differs from Cherokee grammar. Now, is that the general gist of why they mentioned the Cherokee language to say why it's different? Because we already know that the English grammar is different from the majority of all different types of grammar because it follows up in the next sentence. Grammar is universal and plays a part in every language, no matter how widespread it is. There it is. So in saying that, what you have here, you have number two. And then I'm probably going to get you guys to communicate with me on here because that would be very, very good. So what I'm gonna do again is um, I'll probably put the link in the description so you guys could pull this one up very, very easily. And then after that, you guys will be able to answer some of the questions on the Facebook page or on YouTube or wherever you see this. All right, so again, let's go into number two. It says, what can be inferred about slaves pigeon language? So keywords, pigeon language, and then you're going to look for the slaves. So what we need to look for is, of course, I'll repeat it, pigeon language. Second paragraph, the first mention is there. And it says, since they had no opportunity to learn each other's languages, they developed a makeshift language. Do not worry about that phrase, makeshift, but pigeon is first mentioned right then and there. Okay, so pigeons are strings of words copied from a language of the landowner. Copy from the language of a landowner. They have little in the way of grammar, and in many cases, it is difficult for a listener to deduce when an event happened and who did what to whom. That's your explanation. That is all. So now we go to the answers. It says, a, it contained complex grammar. Was that mentioned? B, it was based on many different languages. C, it was difficult to understand even among slaves. D, it was created by landowners. Now remember, if I go back up to the whole landowner, uh, what is it, segment, it says that uh, let's see here. Copied from the language of the Landover. Okay, land. I keep saying Landover. Isn't that like a car? Landowner. It was copied from the language of a landowner. Okay, now if we go back to D, it was created by the landowners. It didn't say it was created by them. It's just that they copied pigeon from the language of the landowners. It didn't say that the landowners, that's their actual language. It doesn't say that. So, it was difficult to understand. Yes, to whom, to what? That's your answer. Why? Because again, it says right here, and if I could scroll back up, it says, it's very difficult for a listener to know what happened, what event happened, who did what, and to who. 
So it's difficult for people to understand, even among slaves. Now, does it talk about it being based on many different languages? And in that paragraph, in that little segment, it just says about grammar, they have little in the way of grammar. That's all it says. It doesn't say it has complex grammar, okay? It just says that which I just said. Do you guys understand? So let's keep going. This is gonna be even more interesting because number three, again, do not waste your time. You go straight to the paragraph and you look for the first mention of the proper noun, which is Nicaraguan. So all of the following sentences about Nicaraguan sign language are true except, okay, so we must find Nicaraguan. Now, I found Nicaragua here, and then I found language in the same sentence. So that's where it is. Now, it says here, the creation of one such language was documented quite recently in Nicaragua. Previously, all deaf people were isolated from each other. Okay, so deaf people isolated from each other. 1979, a new government introduced for the deaf. Okay, oh, I'm sorry, introduced schools for the deaf. Although children were taught speech and lip reading in the classroom, in the playgrounds, they began to invent their own sign language system. Okay, using gestures that they just used at home. That's basically pigeon. So it says here, all of the following are true. So all of the following are true except now. The language, it says here in A, the language has been created since 1979. Well, I mean, I, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Let's keep saying because it doesn't say right here. That's almost like on the IELTS test, not given, right? Because it's just like, huh? Well, it doesn't say it was created in 1979. It just said that the students were using it, what they learned at home, of course, in the, uh, in the playground. But let's keep going. B, it says, the language is based on speech and lip reading. Now, if I go back up, it says, all deaf people were isolated. Okay, playgrounds. Now, children were taught speech and lip reading in the classroom. They were taught it, but here it says the language is based on it. Now, see, the language incorporates signs which children used at home. That is true. The language was perfected by younger children. Well, I mean, children are the only ones that actually did it. Now, if I go back and it says, each child uses the signs differently. Uh, there was no consistent grammar. However, children who joined school later when the inventive sign system was already around, da, 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 da. I mean, well, I guess you could say that they have perfected it. So if I were to pick an answer, okay, 3A, it's very, very close. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to choose, <sighs> it's a tough one. But me, I think the language is based on speech reading and lip reading. It doesn't say that. You, that means you're just going to read the speech like like of another person or read it no no so my my guess my guess would be b and it says here correct so and the reason why is up here it says what does it say uh no consistent grammar uh, although children were taught speech and lip reading in the classroom they were taught it in the classroom it's not what the language consists of that's why I chose that answer. 
All right. So what I'm going to do here, I would love for you guys to, of course, give me some of your answers or it's going to be easy because if you actually do the answers online and whatnot on this specific segment, it's going to be very, very easy for you to just, you know, just find out the answers and write down the right answers. So it is what it is. But nonetheless, guys, makeshift some of these grammaticals. I'm going to put everything in the description for you guys. And if you guys would want me to walk through some more segments of this, I'll be more than happy to. Um, and if you have any inquiries or you do want to learn, again, like I said, for the first time, you get 30 minutes for free. If you want to learn a little bit about reading, different techniques and whatnot, and uh, how to uh, time management, okay, you guys are more than welcome to get in contact with me. All right. So in saying that, guys, I just want to show, wanted to show you guys how to quickly find everything, break down the answers, and choose the best one. Now, again, if you don't know the answers so much, you can always do the process of elimination, which I've talked about so many different times, right? But again, if you don't want to do that and you're very, very meticulous, meaning you really want to get that, you really want to get the answer and figure everything out, just make sure you don't waste too much time because you should be able to run through that. Now, what I showed you on this specific video was the fact that everything co goes in chronological order, almost, except if they say, hey, can you tell me the summary about this or do this? Then again, you're going to have to like scan and understand, okay, this was only a specific detail, but what was primarily spoken about throughout the entire passage? Got it? So if there are proper nouns, that's very easy for you to locate the answers. Again, if it says all of the, true, uh, all of the following are true except, Okay, you need to look for the information that matches each of those, A, B, C, D, and then one will not match, just as what I did. Now, if there are specific question types that are very difficult for you, let me know. I'd be more than happy to jump into those. All right. So again, if you guys are interested in getting this little coaching, uh, you know, the 30 minutes and whatnot, or if you want me to review more of these or specific question types, I'll be more than happy to. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast or Facebook Live or YouTube Live. If you have any questions, you get in touch with me. And as always, I'll be waiting for your, well, I guess waiting for more comments in terms of what you would like me to do next. So hope you guys are all well. Take care out there. I know it's a crazy world, but hey, it's all about perception. Stay tuned. Over and out.